All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, Raider Nation. I hope whatever you did today, I know this year's a little different. Whatever you did today, hopefully it was a good day. Hopefully a lot of you didn't work. And if you did work, hopefully you had a good day at work and got paid appropriately. Um, nonetheless, uh, I wanted to record this to record this today to give you guys plenty of time to listen before this weekend's game, the Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, it's going to be that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, get, before I get into that, the, the Kansas City loss, right? The loss, Kansas City, Sunday night football. We all saw the Abram play. We, we've seen it on a loop. We've heard Jonathan Abram's quote where he's like, ah, you could ball out for the whole game and make one bad play, and it screws you over. And I think we all kind of looked at that like, all right, man, it's, it wasn't just one bad play. It was like a terrible play. So hopefully he took that to, to heart. Hopefully he uh, remembers his assignment. Hopefully he plays with a little more uh, awareness, right, after being – you know, no, not even trying to to hate on the guy, but that was an embarrassing play on a primetime game to win a primetime game against the most popular player in the league. So uh, hopefully that's enough to get Jonathan Abram to reel it in just a little bit. You still want him to play kind of explosive, but, uh, you know, again, it doesn't matter how explosive you are if you're making the wrong decision. So uh, nonetheless, that loss isn't stinging, you know, like it was right after. I, I still think even look at what the Raiders are getting in the national media. They're getting a lot more respect. Like, look, this team can go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, right? They played nearly a perfect game on offense, nearly. And we're starting to see how good this Raiders offense is. I don't know if you guys watched some of these offenses today, even for Thanksgiving. Both those games had high point totals, but, you know, the Lions offense, teams like that, right? Uh, um Dallas offense and and even Washington's offense they're not like super explosive so uh just realize that the Raiders are a really good offensive team and uh if they can be just decent enough at the right time on defense this team should make a run in the playoffs no no joke should go to the playoffs which is tough in the AFC this year but should be able to make a run and I think when you play a team like Kansas City and it did the first the first meeting right in week five it should prepare you. It should uh, battle test you a little bit for teams that aren't as good. Right? I understand it's a week-to-week game. Any given Sunday, any team can beat any team. But if the Raiders are coached well, which I believe this year that the Raiders are coached well, I, th- I think that um, Gruden's doing a nice job. Uh, I think the Raiders come to play every game. They don't look flat um, in really any game. Even the losses, they didn't look flat. They weren't embarrassing losses. Um, so I think if Gruden coaches the way he's been coaching, the Raiders can harness the good from that Kansas City loss and still be angry about losing a division game and really bounce back strong against Atlanta. Um, so, again, that's, that's what you make it. That Kansas City loss could either be a catalyst for another winning streak, right? That battle, just that, ugh, that agony of defeat, but still the thrill of, of hey, things are working, you know? Or it could be a sign of a big losing streak. This is a big turning point in the season. I talked about it on the last episode. Uh, you're, it's a huge turning point for this team. It, they could go one. It's one of those choose-your-own-adventure novels where, you know, whatever you pick at that moment could dictate the rest of the book. And that, that's the way I look at it. If they come out flat against Atlanta, you, you realize that maybe that team peaked against, you know, Kansas City on offense and, and really got demoralized after. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case. 
and I'll, I'll get to a little bit more on the Atlanta preview. I, I think the Raiders are going to bounce back strong against Atlanta. Uh, good news. Trent Brown back in the building, right? This is uh, uh, per Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator and the Raiders beat writers. Uh, Trent Brown's back in the building. He's not off the COVID list, but he's back in the building. And look, say what you will about Trent Brown. Um, I've admitted to be on the Trent Brown clutch sports payroll, payroll, right? Trent Brown sports company. Um, I, I, you know, I stand up for the guy, uh, I will say, but, um, nonetheless, the Raider nation, no matter how pissed off you are as Trent Brown, you should be excited if he's able to come back this year. Richie incognito has already been ruled out for the year, which sucks. Um, cause that was going to be a nice little, uh, a, ni- a nice something to gain, right? Almost like a mid-season addition, but uh, or late-season addition when Rich- Richie Incognito came back. But he's, that's not going to be the case. Now, they have not ruled Trent Brown out for the rest of the year. And uh, him being in the building a- a- is nice. And hopefully he's off the COVID list soon. Um, and more importantly, hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he's able to uh, just live a normal life because it does sound like that COVID was messing with him a little bit. But let's hope that uh, Trent Brown can come back and help this team because regardless of how you feel about Brandon Parker, this crazy Brandon Parker revival, which I'm about to get into. Um, Trent Brown's still very good at right tackle. He's, he's very good. I'd say top three in the league, in my opinion, when he's healthy. And that's something you should look forward to getting back. If that's, if that's going to happen. But yeah, Brandon Parker, right? Brandon Parker. Um, I, I will say he, wasn't as good at right tackle as he was at left tackle when he was filling in for Colton Miller. And that, that does still seem weird that in the same draft first and third round, the Raiders draft a left tackle and then another left tackle. When really you think you'd, you try to get your bookends when you're rebuilding a team like that, but they got two left tackles and I'm not sure Brandon Parker is the long-term solution at right tackle. Uh, I wouldn't say that he is at the moment. Um, he might be the what happens at right tackle for the next couple of games. Um, I it, it's not worse than Sam Young. It's not worse. Sam Young's limited at practice, but um, I I think Brandon Parker could still feasibly start over Sam Young. But let's let's not uh, let's not uh, cast off Trent Brown this quick. I think if Trent Brown returns for let's say the last three three games of the season, um. I think Trent Brown's going to show out and play really well. And uh, that should still be your answer at that position. So another guy that's back at practice is Maurice Hurst. Uh, Maurice Hurst was on the COVID list earlier and then got another injury when he came back. Um, so it'll be nice to get him back. Hopefully he's rested and and, and healthy and, and they're not rushing him back. But um, the interior presence of Maurice Hurst really helps on third down. Um, he is still the best uh, – pass rusher on this team as far as winning one-on-one matchups in my opinion on the on this defensive line um doing it from the inside really helps uh especially if Crosby wins early which doesn't happen often but when Crosby wins early and the quarterback tries to step up it's nice to have somebody like big number 73 to to you know allow the quarterback to have to just stay there and take the sack um Maurice Hurst being back is really good uh I, I Kendall Vickers played okay um, so I'd be interested to see what the rotation is now, because I know you don't want to take Hankins off on base downs because Hankins really controls, uh, the other team's run game. He, he's really good at negating that, uh, blowing up plays early. So it's it. I'm interested to see how the Raiders do that because 
I'd like to still see some more Kendall Vickers, but I think Maurice Hurst is, is still the answer on third down um, as well as David Irving. So I don't know David Irving's status, but um, he, he isn't on the injury report. I know he's on the practice squad and they have to do something this year where they move him back and forth off there. But um, it'll be nice. Maybe the Raiders can win a little bit more on the interior with Hurst back. Um, definitely can't hurt. Definitely can't hurt. So uh, that'll be nice to get him back. Uh, another guy that should be back this week is Corey Littleton. Uh, look, a lot of people don't like Corey Littleton. That's another guy that, even though, you know, I, I don't think he's having a good year by any uh, by any measure, uh, it still allows the Raiders to help against tight ends, running backs. He helps, okay? I know sometimes he gets targeted, he gets beat, right, when he gets targeted. But there's also plays where he's not targeted that he's actually helping out on. Um, you can't tell me that it would have been worse if he was out there against Kelsey last week because uh, Kelsey definitely ate the Raiders apart or uh, ate the Raiders up. And um, I think some of that had to have had to be with Littleton not on the field. They were they didn't feel comfortable isolating him on a lot of people. You know, um, they had to put Damon Arnett on him. Which look, I, Damon Arnett, I, I think he's growing through some growing pains, but I think he's he's going to be a good one. Um, just not, it's a tough assignment and that's something you wish you had somebody like, uh, you know, your veteran free agent linebacker, uh, Corey Littleton able to help you in something like that. And, uh, then you do, you're not, then you have Nicholas Morrow able to do other things, right? It moves Nicholas Morrow away to not have to be the main guy, right. At, at Corey Littleton's position. Uh, Nick, Nick Kwiatkowski has been fantastic. So I, I think it's nice to get that linebacker situation healthy. And I, and I think Corey Littleton's going to help with that, uh, especially this week. Got Hayden Hurst, the Falcons, good tight end. Um, and and like I said, they missed him last week against Kelsey. So uh, that'll be nice. So uh, let's move on. Before I get to the Atlanta Falcons, let's go to the mailbag today. So I uh, was fortunate enough. I put the questions out on a holiday, but thank you for uh, some of you that gave me a response. Um, let's let's get to what you guys asked. So first question. Uh, just two questions today, um, but there are two very good ones. Uh, question today. This comes from Raider Savant. All hail Al Davis. It's my guy. I love this guy. He makes me laugh super hard. Great follow. Uh, again, that's at all hail Al Davis. Shout out Raider Savant. Um, can we get Foster the Rock? Foster Moreau. Foster is Australian for, for beer. And uh, hopefully it's Australian for touchdowns, right? Because I, I think Foster Moreau was a fantastic red zone threat last year and um before he got hurt he was probably the best Raiders red zone threat uh, let, let's be real we know why Foster Moreau doesn't play it's Jason Witten Gruden loves Jason Witten he loves a he loves a he loves a cougar not a not a not a young one he likes a cougar he likes a milf uh he he loves a good veteran he loves a good comeback story uh like Doug Martin guys like that so Jason Witten I, we can't say Jason Witten's been horrible this year, uh, especially in the red zone. He makes the play. When the ball's thrown to him, he catches it. Uh, now, he looks like he's running in quicksand, right? Or maybe even like like running on marbles, right? When he's trying to get when he's trying to get going. after I don't know why they try to use him to make plays in space. Those are the plays where I wish Foster Moreau was out there because Foster Moreau's got a little juice to him, and he's physical, where the Raiders do kind of run like little screens to him. I, I, the Raiders have done some screens to Witten this year, and they look, terrible right because he just simply can't run um which would be an obstacle in a team trying to uh establish uh, the screen game right is you you'd, you'd expect the guy catching the ball to be able to run um foster moreau i think can do that here's the problem um the only way i see foster moreau getting the rock 
is a bad situation. Not that I think he's bad, but I think the only reason Foster Moreau would get more targets is because something happened to Darren Waller or Jason. Well, I mean, maybe Jason Witten, but if something happens to Darren Waller, I see Foster Moreau as the substitute for Darren Waller because you're going to want the guy that has at least a little bit of speed, right? To, to run the routes Darren Waller runs and, and uh, get the attention that the defense does. So, um, yes, I would like Foster Moreau to get the, to get the ball, but judging by from what I see from John Gruden, I also don't want him to get the ball, if you know what I mean. Don't want Darren Waller to be hurt. So uh, I, I think that's that's number one thing. But a uh, good thing about this is I don't expect Jason Witten to play a second year with the Raiders. Uh, I could be shooting myself in the foot there. Uh, but I'll come back. If, if they do re-sign Jason Witten, I will come back and clip this this uh, video. <laughs> so, But I don't expect the Raiders to have Jason Witten next year. Uh, you'll have year three Foster Moreau learning from Jason Witten, supposedly, in theory, uh, and plus Darren Waller. So it should still be good next year. Um, that, that'd that be nice. But, uh, I, again, the Witten signing, it is what it is. I didn't like it at the time. I still don't love it. But um, he hasn't embarrassed the team yet. So whatever, right? The Raiders are still scoring a lot of points. All right, let's go to the next question. This is from, oh, Tony LaRussa's designated driver. Shout out Tony LaRussa. That was a hilarious story. I mean, you know, as hilarious as drunk driving can be, which, eh, you know, sometimes. But uh, especially when an old guy does it. Uh, Tony LaRussa, uh, DD, big White Sox fan. That's underscore VVES underscore. Uh, this isn't really a question. Instead, I'm just curious. Rank these players based on how much of a difference they make on defense. Furl, Abram, Kwiatkowski. So uh, start by saying Cleveland Furl's off the COVID list and back, which is nice. So I think that's why this question happened, right? Last week, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was able to get outside a little more. Le'Veon Bell able to get outside a little more on the Raiders. It looked a bit different. And having Hankins and Furl... They're pretty good against the run. Um, real good, I would say. So the Raiders can be run on more without that edge setting uh nine fourth overall pick, <laughs> the the edge setter, as you call as you often want. But uh also in the past game, I, I think he, you know, ha- is making strides. So they are missing Furl, but number one's gotta be uh Nick Kwiatkowski, right? We saw this defense without Nick Kwiatkowski. They were getting gashed, even with Hankins and Furl on the field. Patriots gashed. Even the Bills were running on them, and the Bills' run game is not good. So we saw what happened there without Nick Kwiatkowski, and we see what happens when he's back. He can cover. This is a linebacker that can cover Raider Nation. It's a cold day in hell. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, Nick Nick Kwiatkowski's really good on in intermediate coverage. Uh, great against the run. He's a hammer in the run game. Uh, definitely been the be- one of the better Raider free agent signings I remember. There's not a lot to choose from, but uh, one of the better – uh, free agent signings of, of honestly my lifetime probably uh, was uh, Nick, Nick Kwiatkowski and uh, need him healthy for the rest of the year. That is like MVP on defense. Uh, it has to be. Uh, here's where it gets tricky. Uh, and I, and I think that's why the question was asked uh, Furl versus Abram. Who's more valuable to the defense. I think right now I I got to go Abram right now. And it's weird, right? Coming off of this, coming off of this game where Abram pretty much blows it, blows the game. Uh, You know, it's never, it's never just one play, but kind of was. And Abram, I, I, again, we've seen this team without Abram and that, and that's ugly too. And that's, 
Abram's there to clean up a lot of run plays. He's flying all over the field. Um, makes running backs kind of stop in their tracks, have to do something else. Uh, look, he makes a lot of tough, rough decisions, you know, but he he still is able to, uh, you know, when he's out there versus when he's not. Uh, and, and the drop off. I mean, that's more Eric Harris playing time that has to happen. So I, I'd rather see more Carl Nassib than more Eric Harris, if that makes any sense. So to me, I would say Abram's a little more valuable. But I, I think Farrell's a better player right now than Abram. Abram's really struggling in coverage and, and really struggling. He's getting fooled by a lot of stuff, and, and uh, his eyes aren't quite there yet. And, and once those get there, which I think they can, because I think he is a student of the game. I think he's just trying to do too much right now. Then yes, I, I think Abram's going to be great. But uh, you know, right now Furl's a better player, but Abram, just with the lack of safety depth on this team, Abram's more important uh, to be out there. So that was a good question. That, that one I was thinking about that one all day. Uh, so again, thanks for the questions, guys. If you guys ever have a question, even if I don't put the mailbag questions out there, just just you know mention me on twitter just here you go for answer this on the podcast I, I like i don't always think of the of everything to talk about on here so when you guys give me a question i'm usually able to answer it at least uh give my opinion on it right uh so let's move on to the atlanta falcons um what to make of this team right uh, one as a you know raider fan i i wish dan quinn was still coaching the team because this team does look noticeably better with raheem morris at the helm um but and Dan Quinn was like, oof, man, defensive guy. When the defense is better without you there, I don't know. Uh, what does that say? They're a pesky team, right? The way I look at this team is if the Raiders play the way they're supposed to play. In fact, if they played the way they played against the Chiefs, they win this game by probably multiple scores. Probably about 10 points, I would say. But now if the Raiders make mistakes, even the mistakes they made against Denver, dropping the, you know, dropping touchdowns and, and stuff like that. Or like the plays against Kansas City, right? Aguilar dropping that ball late in the game that could have led to the icing of the game. You don't know. It's never iced against Mahomes, but still. The Raiders make those mistakes against Atlanta. Atlanta is powerful enough to get back in the game. This isn't the Denver Broncos offense. Matt Ryan's still a solid quarterback. And they have good wide receivers. I, I This, man, one to four, I'm not sure the Raiders have played a a better wide receiver core if you isolate the wide receiver core. Now, I think the Chiefs have the toughest weapons of the Raiders that the Raiders have played, but I think that's still more system-based, right? But if you were talking about just one-on-one -on -one isolating each of these receivers, one through four, I think this is a pretty good team. Uh, Julio Jones. Uh, what, what more is there to be said? He's still great, right? The only thing that's ever stopped Julio Jones was, one, scoring touchdowns in the red zone, uh, two, his health. But he's, he, he's incredible. He's incredible. Still, still maybe one of the better just talents in the league. Uh, Calvin Ridley's great, right? Great compliment to Julio Jones. Uh, great route runner. Very, very fast and really can stretch the field while Jones works intermediate or vice versa, right? They're, they're very versatile. Russell Gage is having a really nice year as the third option there. Um, I think a lot of, if you play fantasy football the way I do, you've always, in the past, you've had to like pick him up in those deep leagues. And it's never been this, never been quite as good as he is this year. Um, now guys aren't dropping him because he, he's been really good. Uh, and then they have a rookie. And uh, I got I to gotta get this guy's name right because I, I, 
Olamide Zacchaeus, I believe is his name, right? Yeah, rookie receiver. He's showing out. He's having a nice game, uh, a nice uh, uh, season as a rookie, right? Um, so they they can hurt you offensively, like they can. Their run game is nothing, you know, spectacular. But uh, Todd Gurley, he can have his days, but I, he's not the volume back. And Brian Hill is is a, a solid running back, but but nothing crazy. Uh, but they can hurt you in the air. And if the Raiders were to get a lead, they 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 had a you got to cover all game against this team, right? You you can't let people get open. Depend on you know wide receivers dropping open balls. Raiders gonna have to cover all game, and this is gonna be a huge test for this young secondary, and, which I'm glad is is healthy right now. Now Falcons up front, I think that's where uh, that's where a lot of their mistakes are. I think their offensive line. I, I saw Jake Matthews getting bowled over um, last week. Uh, I think Lindstrom, Chris Lindstrom and Alex Mack, very good players. But outside of that, Caleb McGarry, Jake Matthews have both kind of struggled at times this year. Uh, James Carpenter, journeyman lineman, just yeah, I remember he's a high pick by the Jets, but really just hasn't played very well. Uh, so the Raiders should have opportunity and, and we'll see if Beasley, uh, I think McKinley tech McKinley hasn't even passed his physical yet. So I, I wouldn't anticipate him playing Sunday, but who knows what happens with Vic Beasley, but, uh, maybe some kind of revenge game. If, if he plays, I think he still has to be activated from the practice squad, which has not happened yet. So let's say they're not without those guys, uh, getting Maurice Hurst back should help, uh, and, and they should be able to push this offensive line around. It should, um, and and that's going to be the key, is winning up front to where these big plays don't have time to develop, uh, and, and stopping their run game. Which, again, getting Furl and Furl back and pairing him with Hankins uh, and Kwiatkowski back there, they should be able to stop the run. So, defensively, the Falcons up front, besides Grady Jarrett, it's it's not it's not great. Uh, kind of just, I, I see them get pushed around a lot in the run game. They're really good sideline to sideline because of Deion Jones and Keanu Neal. Those guys are really fast, uh, able to cover a lot of ground. But I think that north-south run game with Jacobs should be there um, if they if they can do a good job neutralizing Grady Jarrett because he's a beast. But if they can do a good job neutralizing him, might take some double teams. Uh, but I think the Falcons are susceptible to bully ball, right, in that run game. And, and they don't rush the pass, passer all that well. So I think this offensive line is really going to just have to grab the lunch pail and the hard hat and just start pushing bodies around, like really powerful. Uh, Raiders are an, an enormous event, uh, offensive line, even without Trent Brown in the lineup. There's still a bunch of big dudes, and uh, I think that'll be good. Um, I, I expect the run game to do really well against this Falcons team. Uh, and, and they struggle to rush the passer. But at the second and third levels of the defense – uh, like linebackers and secondary. I, I do think there's talent there. Um, AJ Terrell has been really good this year as a rookie. Uh, I wasn't sure about him coming out. Uh, he had some really nice games for Clemson and then got torched, but uh, he's actually been really nice for, uh, for the Falcons. I, I see him making a lot of plays. Uh, he's, he's kind of a, kind of a playmaker at corner, good tackler too. Um, real solid. I think they have a good one there. Uh, Deion Jones still really good uh, sideline to sideline Raiders haven't really played a linebacker like that since uh, uh, Devin White right with that kind of speed so that'll be interesting uh, so hopefully the Raiders even though I do like when they get the outside run game going I I'm kind of hoping they're able to beat them up up the middle right 
uh, with the tight ends, uh, maybe some tight end heavy personnel, set the tone early and, uh, and, and really push that defensive line around because, uh, the secondary now, now what's going to help the Raiders against the secondary with their, with the receivers is they should have a lot of time because the Falcons do not have a great pass rusher besides Grady Jarrett. They do not have a great pass rusher on that team. Dante Fowler has been a huge disappointment for them and uh, they, they don't have a whole lot. So um, they should have time, right? So even, even though the secondary is good and it has a lot of potential, I think the Raiders receivers will have enough time to extend plays, which Carr's been fantastic at this year, right? Is when the pressure breaks down or he just needs to buy a little more time. He's done a lot. He's been a lot more decisive, right? With his feet in the pocket and, and when to break it, when to not. I, th- I think this is the best year I've seen him do that. So I think we see a lot more of that this year. Or uh, I'm sorry, this game. And I, and I think the X factor on offense, right? I said get the run game going, but uh, does anybody own any of these, any listeners on here? I'm, I'm sure there's got to be somebody that has Darren Waller on their fantasy team. Because I do on, on one of them. And they put the 32, right? That green 32, 32nd rank, worst in the league. Whenever you see your guy playing that team, right? Where his, he's got that green 32nd you know, Atlanta 32nd ranked against tight ends. I expect Darren Waller to eat in this game. He, he was, he had a fantastic game against Kansas city and I expect it to be as good or even better. Um, now maybe they might over, they might know that Darren Waller is the X factor on this team. And I'm sure a lot of teams do. So they might cheat, right. And, and try to double him and, and, you know, maybe stick Deion Jones on him as much as they can. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it hasn't worked for a lot of other teams. And, and you're looking at the fastest tight end in the league, which it's, it's clearly Darren Waller. And uh, there should be big plays to be made. He's having a great year. He's already got, he's got five, maybe six touchdowns this year. And so it'll be nice. And, and get back to the Foster Moreau question. Maybe since the Falcons are struggling so much, maybe there is a, a big play for Foster to be had in this game. Foster Moreau. Let's hope so. That'd be, that'd be fun. But uh, like I said, Carr should have time to make big plays, and I expect some big plays in this game. I expect a, a pissed-off Raiders team to get out there and, and really get after these, this, the, uh, this Falcons defense. And uh, hopefully they can make some plays on offense. But I expect another high-scoring game. All right? The Raiders should win this game, but I, I think they're going to get up some points. The way I see this game is I see the Raiders going up by a couple scores early, right? And then in the third quarter, I think the Falcon, uh, Falcons passing game opens up a little bit Raiders get a little soft on defense and get back into it. And then after that, it, it becomes on Derek Carr to make a play, which for one thing about Derek Carr, uh, most people are warming up to him, including myself kind of this year. Like, look, man, this is, this is what I needed to see this year. Uh, Carr has shown that if he himself and the team around him can keep him in a game by the third quarter, he's got a good shot of winning the game. Because he makes big throws in the fourth quarter. Now, in the past, he's he's struggled with, you know, the team shit in the bed in the, in the like a third quarter or even the second quarter, and himself not being very good or the play calling not being very good. Uh, drop passes, turnovers, and stuff like that have happened. Fumbles um, to where the Raiders aren't in the game by the, by the fourth quarter, and then it's just all garbage time. So I think this year the Raiders are realizing if they keep the Raiders in the game towards the end, they know they have the guy that can make the big throw at the end. Josh Jacobs looks pretty clutch. He's put some games away for the Raiders. So I, I think this is going to be one of those games. 
the spread's only three points. Raiders my, or uh, Raiders minus three, and I, and I think it's going to be right around there. I don't see a blowout win happening here, and that's okay. I just need the Raiders to stay explosive on offense and make just enough plays on defense, and they should be able to win this game. This isn't Patrick Mahomes, right? There's weapons, but Matt Ryan at this point in his career, not even close to Patrick Mahomes. Still good, can still beat you, so the Raiders still have to show up, still have to play. But this is a winnable game, and I expect the Raiders to win this game. So that's about it. That's all I got today, guys. Um, uh, games on Sunday, early start. And uh, the Raiders can get to 7-4. and four, And then we'll start talking about that Jets game because everybody's still got a little PTSD. But the Raiders get to 7-4. and four, You look at their losses. The losses, none of, nobody's terrible. Even at the time they played the Patriots, the Patriots were still a 2-0 and o team. And you realize nothing, nothing, they haven't like shit the bed yet, right? Let's not start that this week. I know it's in the back of everybody's mind, even the most optimistic fans. That one loss can send you into a spiral because it's happened so many times. But I do expect the Raiders to play a good, a good game against Atlanta. A good game. And, and they should win. So uh, that's it for me. I'm Glenn Rockney. You can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rockney, G-L-E-N-R-O-C-K-N-E-Y. Uh, Follow the podcast. Uh, I, I don't have one yet for Rock Vegas, but please follow at Rare Candy Pod One on Twitter and uh, subscribe to the YouTube ch- channel so you can get all content from me, uh, whether it's the Rare Candy Podcast or Rock Vegas. You can get all that content uh, right to you with notifications and everything. If you subscribe on YouTube, uh, Rock Vegas is available by itself on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and a few other small ones I, I can't remember but um nonetheless yeah and just just hit me up uh on, on twitter if you got a question about anything guys i'm always down to interact and everything uh again this is rock vegas and uh, let's go raiders happy thanksgiving raider nation <laughs>